Shalom, and welcome to Via Hafta Yisrael, a Hebrew phrase which means you shall love Israel. We hope you'll stay with us for the next 30 minutes as our teacher, Dr. Baruch, shares his expository teaching from the Bible. Dr. Baruch is the senior lecturer at the Zera Avraham Institute based in Israel. Although all courses are taught in Hebrew at the Institute, Dr. Baruch is pleased to share this weekly address in English. To find out more about our work in Israel, please visit us on the web at loveisrael.org. That's one word, loveisrael.org. Now, here's Baruch with today's lesson. Our God is a redeeming God. And ultimately, redemption is only available to us through Messiah. Faith in Him and what He did on Passover. I've shared with you many times that Passover is the festival of redemption. And it's because Messiah was crucified, nailed to that tree, that cross, that we can experience redemption. And as the writer of Hebrew states, eternal redemption. Likewise, I've, I've spoken many times that, that this word eternal is a kingdom word. When we hear eternal or everlasting life, what should come into our mind is not just where we're going to spend eternity, not some future experience, although that's part of it, but everlasting life, eternal life, is a quality of life that manifests the righteousness of God. And what we must learn is that we're called in this world at this time to demonstrate such a quality of life. That is why we have been saved. That is why the Holy Spirit dwells within each believer. Well, take out your Bible and look with me to the book of Leviticus and chapter 17. Now, in this 17th chapter is a very well-known verse. Now, this passage of Scripture is going to point to something that we studied about in our previous two studies, and that is atonement. In the previous chapter, we talked about that day of atonement. But here, we're going to be speaking about the relationship between blood and atonement. But realize something. And we see this clearly being represented in the Word of God. Where? Well, for example, in the book of Hebrews, where it says, if the blood of, of goats and bulls and sheep, if they can have a, a spiritual outcome that is positive, and it does, what does it produce? Atonement. But then the writer of Hebrews says, how much more so the blood of Messiah Yeshua that was shed once and for all. Now that phrase, once and for all, by the way, is just one Greek word. It speaks about sufficiency, a sufficient power to bring about an eternal change. That's what the blood of Messiah does because his blood was without sin. His blood is a unique blood, the only blood that is able to purchase eternal redemption. And as I've said, redemption is superior to that of atonement. But in the book of Leviticus, under the law, we find that atonement 
is for the most part offered not redemption redemption is is spoken of it is taught the principles but that is only a foreshadowing of the work of redemption that only messiah can do so look with me if you would to leviticus chapter 17 and verse 1 where we read and the lord spoke to moses saying again we've learned that expression that we see over and over and over in the torah and the lord spoke to moses sometimes to moses and to aaron but regardless this expression announces revelation that god wants to teach us something something that we need to learn so the lord spoke to moses saying verse 2 speak to aaron and to his sons meaning the priests so first and foremost this revelation is going to have a specific significance for priests in regard to their work the call that god has placed upon them verse 2 again speak to aharon and to his sons and to all the children of israel so what the priests uniquely are being told to do also has significance for all the children of israel second part of verse 2 and you shall say unto them this is the thing or the matter now when we hear that in english (laughs) this is the thing we may not see it as a significant statement but in the hebrew language that word ha-devar gives to us a context of importance meaning when he says this is the matter he's telling us this is a matter of significance this has foundational truth applied to it so he says this is the thing the matter which the lord commanded saying when that phrase stands alone this is the matter this is the thing this is the word the word devar in hebrew can mean just that the word and it's a weighty word a word of significance look now to verse three we see ish ish which is man man this is an idiom in hebrew which means every man so again this revelation in chapter 17 it has relevance it has importance for all people and we're going to see that being revealed to us in a a most definite manner but for the moment look at verse 3 every man from the house of israel and we're going to see a broader definition to this term the house of israel than many might think many might read this and say well if you're not a descendant of Yaakov meaning if you're not Jewish then this really doesn't have relevance for for you this is not the case I'll prove that in a moment but look again every man from the house of Israel who will and as I was going over this passage with my wife as I do all the scripture that I share when she read it in the English it speaks about every man who will kill 
Now, this is not the word for killing. This is the word for slaughtering. So we're not talking about just killing an animal, but the word here has to do with slaughtering the animal for one of two purposes. One is to eat of that. Actually, we'll talk more about that later on in, in the Torah. But in this lesson, we're talking about sacrificing an animal, slaughtering it for the purpose of offering it up unto the Lord for a most definite purpose. So this will all become clear in a moment. Look again at verse 3. Every man from the house of Israel who will, will slaughter an ox or a sheep or a goat in the camp or if he will slaughter outside the camp. So what we find here is this. There's going to be a general principle. If you slaughter an animal, and we can initially say for any purpose, there's something that must be done. Now, when we look at this, we see that someone is sacrificing or slaughtering an animal, but we see that it's a clean animal, whether it's an ox, whether it's a sheep, or whether it's a goat. These are known as sacrificial animals. Yes, they can be eaten. They are, are clean in that sense. But for this context, we should think of sacrifice. And we'll see why in a moment. Now, this is true whether they do so in the camp or outside the camp. Look now to verse 4. What should this one do regardless of whether it's in the camp or outside the camp. Verse 4. And to the door of the tent of meeting. So now we see that there's a requirement. You've, you've slaughtered an animal. In the camp, outside the camp, it does not matter. One must, and we'll see this, to the door of the tent of meeting. If he should not bring to offer an offering unto the Lord before the tabernacle of the Lord. So if he does this, and it's not, hear that carefully, it is not for the purpose of an offering, a sacrifice unto the Lord. He does not do anything spiritual to this. What happens? Well, in this case, it says, dam, dam is the Hebrew word for blood will be reckoned, will be accounted, will be charged to that man because blood he has shed, and notice something else, he will be cut off, that man will be cut off from the midst of his people. So we see something. An individual who is making a slaughtering of an animal, whether it be an ox, or a sheep or a goat if this one does not bring this animal unto the tent of the meeting he is going to suffer some serious consequences that blood is going to be reckoned accounted to him that means blood oftentimes is synonymous with death not always blood has a secondary 
and a primary purpose that we're going to talk about in a moment. But oftentimes it can relate to death. And notice this one is going to be cut off. If he does not do that, he is going to be cut off from his people. Look now to to verse 5. Now, it begins, many Bibles will translate and add words, but it's simply the Hebrew term lema'an, which is for the sake of, or account of. It shows purpose. And what we read here, look at verse 5. On account that the children of Israel should bring their sacrifices which they are sacrificing upon the field, doesn't matter where it is, they shall bring it to the Lord, to the tent. And here it is, the doorway of the tent of the meeting. And they bring it to the doorway, the entrance, petach is the word, the entrance to the tent of the meeting. Why? Well, there's going to be a priest there. Remember how this scripture began. Speak to Aaron and to his sons. But it has relevance for all the children of Israel. This is is practical and relevant. But here it says, look carefully. Regardless of where the sacrifice is made, even on the field, it says here, that he is to bring it unto the Lord to the entrance of the tent of the meeting. And why? Because a priest will be there. He brings it to the priests. And they sacrifice their sacrifices of peace offering unto the Lord. That's what they do with them. They offer them to the priests unto the Lord. The priest has been trained. He has been Come a servant in order to offer this unto the Lord. Look now to, to verse 6. And the, the priests shall, and it's not sprinkle. When we were going over it with my wife, she read sprinkle. But this is an entirely different word, that word for sprinkling. This means something different. It's a word zarak, which means to throw. So it literally says, verse 6, And the priest shall throw the blood upon the altar of the Lord. Where? The entrance of the tent of the meeting. And then he shall burn up. And this burning is the same word for offering a sacrifice. So with fire, an incense offering is made with fire in the same way that he will burn. And we have that familiar word, chalev, which is the fat. But it can mean probably the choice choice part, that he shall burn up the choice part. And this will be a pleasing fragrance unto the Lord. A sweet aroma. It's not the word sweet, but it's the word for that which is satisfying. So he is going to make this type of incense offering with the choice part, with the fat of the army, or or of the the offering. Verse 7. And they shall no longer sacrifice their sacrifices to who? 
Now, we have here the word for goats. But remember something. When we talk about the, the Antichrist empire, that Antichrist empire is known as the goat. And here, and probably your Bible will have this, maybe devils or demons. And here's what we see. When we do not sacrifice in accordance with the instructions of God, that sacrifice, even if someone means it in a worshipful way unto the Lord, that sacrifice is actually, when we do not do it according to the instructions of God, it becomes a sacrifice that is demonic, one that is not received by God, but the enemy. And that's why it's so important here that they stop doing it their way in their places. But it says that they do not sacrifice any longer their sacrifices to goats, meaning to demonic uh, entities, which they, and we have the word zonim, which they, and maybe the Bible will say whoring after, after uh, uh, them, meaning these demonic influences. But the word here for whoring is a word that relates to a, a, an adulterous behavior. There is physical adultery, and there's also spiritual adultery. There is infidelity, a man to his wife, a wife to her husband. That can happen, God forbid. And there's also spiritual infidelity that an individual can do and commit against God, the God of Israel. And that's what it's talking about here. Now, we need to realize something. There is going to be a strong emphasis soon on atonement. And atonement is a temporary repair. It is not eternal, it is not complete, but it's temporary and impartial, or partial, but it keeps God's judgment at a distance. You've heard me say that many times. Look now, if you would, to verse 7, where it says that this is a chukat olam. This is an eternal statute, is probably how your Bible renders it, but again, Remember, we talked about that word olam, eternal, everlasting, as a kingdom word. So this is a kingdom statute, is what it's saying. This shall be to them throughout their generations. So now we're, we're learning something that has implications for this world in order that we live in a kingdom way in this world. And we need a spiritual repair in order to do such things in a way that's pleasing to God. Look now to our next verse, verse 8, where it says, And unto them you will say, Every man from the house of Israel, and, now remember when I said that we need to broaden our understanding of the children of Israel. I made mention, if you think this is only relevant if you are Jewish, a descendant of Yaakov, Jacob, this is not the case. Because it also speaks frequently in this passage of Scripture about the ger. This is, most Bibles will say, stranger. 
But a ger comes from the Hebrew word lagur, which means to reside, to dwell in a place. So this is relevant. Once you step onto Israel's soil, the land, the promised land, this is incumbent upon you. So it doesn't matter because this has implication for the nation. And we know that the nation of Israel is a paradigm for the kingdom people. So listen carefully to what verse 8 says. Unto them you shall say that every man from the house of Israel and from the ger, that is the stranger, that, that will live in your midst when, when he will offer up an offering or a sacrifice. Now the word offering here is more sp- precise. It's word for burnt offering. So this is the situation, whether he offers up an ola, a burnt offering, or a sacrifice. Verse 9. What does everyone do? If you are residing in Israel, you must do this. Doesn't matter whether you're Jew or Gentile. What it says to the entrance or the door of the tent of meeting, they shall not bring. They don't bring to offer it unto the Lord. So it says, if one does not bring it to the tent of the meeting, then this one, if this is not his intention, a, a offering unto the Lord, this one, this man, is cut off from his people. So now we see it has been expanded, not just to the children of Israel in the simplest sense, Jewish people, but also anyone, a Gentile who happens to be in the land. If he uh, uh, offers up something, He must offer it up and deal with it in the way that the scripture uh, commands. If not, he is going to be cut off from the people. And here it means the people of God. Look now to to verse 10. Again, that expression, ve'ish ish, and every man from the house of Israel, and then it says, or from the stranger that that dwells in your midst that should eat anyone that will eat blood any blood it says i have said it before my face his his life the one who eats blood this one i will cut this one off this one's soul this one's life from the midst of of its people now we have to deal with the word it's the word nefesh now in this scripture and regardless of what translation you're using the word nefesh sometimes simply represents life the life of a person but that word nefesh can also be translated soul And what it's speaking about is that spiritual dimension of one's life, that spiritual being. So what he's saying here has implications for the spiritual well-being of an individual, that spiritual life. And when we look at this passage again, it says that anyone from among the children of Israel or a stranger that dwells in the land, 
makes no difference this is relevant this is applicable to all people anyone that should eat any blood before me that i've set before me his his soul his life this one who eats the blood i'm going to cut it off meaning the soul from its the soul's people meaning this there is going to be an excommunication god's not going to recognize this one with with the people the literal people or the souls of the people meaning that congregation that will be uh in the kingdom of god so this tells us it's very serious matter it has uh, eternal implications to it verse verse 11 verse 11 is that verse that i was sharing with you that's very well known about blood and notice what it says verse 11 every soul this mean every individual everyone who's alive for verse 11 for the soul of the flesh is in the blood so we can also translate that word life as most bibles do but it's a spiritual life it's a dimension that is not physical and that that non-physical that spiritual aspect of a person is connected to his or her blood so let's translate this uh, way most do for the life of the flesh is in the blood and i have given it for you upon the altar why to make atonement for your souls now again this word can mean life for your life for your spiritual life we need initially the paradigm first is atonement you need to understand the principles of atonement thereby only after you can understand the superiority of redemption is there a relationship between them yes there is the first thing i'm going to be talking about tomorrow as i teach here in cambodia is about redemption and one of the first things i'm going to share is how important redemption is for one's spiritual condition both presently and eternally forever and ever and this is what we're learning in this passage for he says look again for the blood it is in the soul in the life for life for the purpose of atoning god will not atone without blood and certainly god will not redeem without blood but ultimately it's not not the blood of oxens and and bulls and sheep and goats that make make redemption it requires something superior to that look now to the verse 12 therefore i say to the children of israel every soul meaning every life from among you shall not eat blood now god is not a god that is limited with time we we should not look at this and say well today god doesn't care if i eat blood yes he does in fact if you look at the book of acts and the jerusalem council 
one of the things that was mandated upon Gentiles not to do is to eat blood. Eating blood is serious. Don't do it. And this this chapter has serious implications for one who does. The blood should be removed from the meat prior to eating it. And that is one of the aspects of cashering. That means making kosher meat. We put salt upon that, that meat. Why? To pull the blood from the flesh. Salt has that, that purifying effect. Blood, we all know, I'm not feeling well. You go to the doctor, what's the first thing he tests? Blood. Because blood can be full of disease. And if it's there, it's probably other places as well. So blood is foundational. And in the same way, we ought not to eat blood. And notice, it's just not for the Jew, but it says, the stranger who dwells in your midst shall not eat blood. He will not do this. Meaning it's not allowed. It's not permissible. Verse verse 13. Every man from the children of Israel and from the stranger who dwells in your midst, which will hunt an animal, a chaya, a beast, most Bibles will say, but it just is the word in modern Hebrew for an animal. So the one among you, whether he's Jewish or not, that will hunt an animal or a fowl, a bird, that he will eat, he shall pour its blood, meaning pour out its blood, Take it all. A very important truth that that oftentimes we we ignore or don't understand. We have to remove the blood. That is part of the process for eating meat. You must remove the blood, and as I mentioned, you do that by applying salt to the meat. And that will bring out the blood. So it says here, this is true for for every animal or every fowl which he will eat. He will pour out its blood, and what does he do? He covers it with, with, with soil, meaning with dirt. It's probably a better way to understand that. What is that? He buries it. What is he doing? He is recognizing the death of, of this animal, this one who gave its life. So the blood is buried. He's burying the life of this animal. Why we eat its, its carcass, its, its flesh we partake of. But the blood we do not, and the blood must be buried, poured out upon the ground and covered up with, with soil. That's what, it's being, that's what we're being told to do. Verse 14. For every person, it says here, For every person and all flesh, we could read it this way, for the life of all flesh is in its blood. We see here in that that soul, that person, and I say this to the children of Israel, that blood of all flesh shall not be eaten. Why? For the soul or the life of the flesh it's in the blood and all who eat of it shall be cut off 
So we see again how important this is. Now, what I would say to you is this. You cannot, you cannot read this chapter and not see how significant blood is to God. And it just wasn't, oh, during that time, 3,500 years ago. No, blood also is vital that we treat it and have the respect of it that we should. Now, there's one teacher, and he makes some very uh, untrue statements in regard to the temple or the tabernacle before it. And he says that, that the temple was a slaughterhouse. Well, there was much slaughtering being done, but I would never call it a slaughterhouse. He says there was blood all over the place. No, there wasn't. Because blood must be dealt with very carefully. This is what this passage is speaking about. If you could just summarize it, the blood must be cared for in a unique and a precise way. This one also sees blood as, as just a, a, a statement relating to death. It does not. I've shared with you this. Passover comes. You can kill the Passover sacrifice. That's well and fine. You can do it properly. But if they didn't deal with the blood correctly, it wouldn't have helped them at all killing the Passover lamb. The emphasis in a special way was on blood. And that's what we're seeing in this passage as well. Look now to verse 15. For every soul, meaning every person, everyone, who will eat, eat either a nevela. What is a, a nevela? This is an animal that's dead. It's a dead carcass. So we don't eat just dead things. We have to be the one who kills them and kills them properly. That's one aspect. So he says here, the one who eats of a carcass or, and this would be a carcass that is torn by, by animals. That animal is probably attacked by others and it was torn and it died. And it says anyone who eats, either an animal that dies by its own or dies being killed by another man, man whether he is a citizen or a stranger that, that is dwelling in the land. What should this one do? He shall wash his garments and immerse in water and he will be unclean till evening. So this is what the process is if one should happen to do this. And some would say this would be meaning you ate of it and you did not know at the beginning what the source was of that meat. You didn't know that the animal was just old and died or was killed or attacked by other animals. You did not know that. It's after the fact that you've learned. On the Day of Atonement, you can find forgiveness for that, but in a unique way. Verse 16. And if this one will not wash, and the implication is wash his garments, and his flesh will not wash, meaning immerse, then his one will bear his own iniquity. So we see something. This last verse is saying this. If you don't comply to my instructions, then you are going to bear your own iniquity, meaning you are going to suffer the consequences of your actions. Let's summarize. Blood 
is important to God in a unique way that the soul or the life of an individual is contained in its blood and when Messiah poured out his blood he was giving the very essence of who he was his life was being offered and that's why blood is so important because blood is the element for redemption without the shedding of blood there is no remission of sin that word remission relates to redemption you have to purchase the remission of sins and you do that through the act of redemption redemption foundational for our faith it's only through redemption can we become a kingdom person with the hope the sure hope of being welcomed into the kingdom of god well i'll close with that until next time may god bless you shalom from cambodia well we hope you will benefit from today's message and share it with others Please plan to join us each week at this time and on this channel for our broadcast of loveisrael.org. Again, to find out more about us, please visit our website, loveisrael.org. There you will find articles and numerous other lectures by Baruch. These teachings are in video form. You may download them or watch them in streaming video. Until next week, may the Lord bless you in our Messiah Yeshua, that is, Jesus, as you walk with Him. Shalom from Israel. Shalom from Israel.